welcome, guys. You guys are at Talk Back On at KCON. Yeah, yeah. We are a podcast show where professionals tell stories, tips, and secrets from the other side of the studio glass and K-pop. Our Talk Back On team is very excited to bring our show to you guys live at KCON 2022 in Los Angeles. If you guys are new to this show, please give us a follow at Talk Back On across all our social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content like this. Also, make sure to hit that bell icon to receive notifications on our latest news as well as our giveaways. Speaking of giveaways, we will be announcing a winner at the end of our show for the Homesick Mixtape CD that was assigned by Peniel from B2B and our co-host, Kairos. I heard there's only a dozen copies, hard copies, I'm sorry, left in the world. So it's a very exclusive and limited edition copy. Lastly, before we introduce our guests and host, we are partnering with major brands from Waves and other sponsors that support our show. So make sure to join us on our Discord, where you will find our hosts and star guests hanging out with our growing community of fans and creators. So we're going to open our show with Circuit Board, and this week we will talk about techniques with a popular plugin known as The Sauce, made by one of our good friends, DJ Swivel. Make sure to check out his signature line of plugins. We'll be giving away a couple licenses from Talk Back On podcast soon, so don't miss out. See you guys back here in a little bit. Hey, what's up, guys? It's KO here. Today on Circuit Board, we're going to be going over a plugin known as The Sauce from DJ Swivel. Be sure to check out his other lineup of plugins down in the description below, but also check out our episode with the man himself on episode 17. So let's just dive right into it. So the session that we're using today is from Keynote Sessions. If this is your first time watching, please check us out on our Discord and um, be sure to tune in every Friday for our keynotes. Before we start diving in, let's take a look at the plugin. So this is known as the sauce. First off, it's got a very friendly and great UI. We can see everything clearly laid out. So let's go over the multiband. The multiband looks like it's got three bands. It's got a solo and a bypass button. Um, and you're able to kind of set the bands however you want to. Next, we have the spread section, which is a stereo imaging tool allows us to go from zero all the way up to 100. So crazy stuff that you can do with here. Next, we have Flavor, which is a pitch adjusting tool. Allows us to set the pitch as well as the format. And there's a mix knob as well, too. Plus, you can link the two and get great results. Now we have Spice, which I believe is a harmonic distortion. Hot if you want to go straight overdrive. Distortion gets something really crunchy and nice out of it. We have sugar, which are, uh, I believe, chorusing and flanger effects. On the right side, we have drip, which is a great delay slash echo tool that you can use to create really cool effects. Then we have squeeze, which is a compression tool and you can side chain it. But what's really cool about this is it, you could really change the way your sources sound with this. And smoke is a very interesting reverb tool that allows you to choose between small, medium, large halls but also be able to adjust it and it gives them really nice air quality as well too. Lastly, we have this master section that allows us to really control the uh, output gain, high pass and low pass filters and so forth. So the first way I like to use the sauce is on 808s. And I'm actually using a preset from DJ Swivel known as Bass Gravy Train. Great name first off. It's utilizing the multiband. It's also raising the format a slight bit but probably my favorite is using the spice mild flavor, I guess, to really just drive up the harmonic distortion. 
So let's hear without it, and then I'll play with it. Now with it. It gives it a really nice edge and it allows it to really pop in the mix more. Now the second way that I really like to use the sauce is for vocal effects. And as you know, chopped and screwing is a very popular thing to do in different types of music. And this is the tool that is perfect for that. This is something that I created on my own. So on this, I am just layering on the rap vocals certain sections where I feel like it'd be cool to have a chop and screw, like a low octave uh, kind of voice to it. So what I've done is uh, taken the words that I want to chop and screw. And then I've lowered the pitch by negative tone, which is a whole octave. And then I've adjusted the format to where I think sounds great. Then I have adjusted the spice mild to give it some harmonic distortion. But I've also given it some nice time based effects on it as well to really just kind of get the groove going. So let's hear how it sounds without and with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Nice. If we play it with the lead vocals. I'm in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Out of control. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the throne. Yeah, yeah. Get on my zone. Last but not least, this is a great tool to use even for mixing. I have these background vocals and they sing kind of in the same timbre as the lead vocal does. And what happens is you kind of have this frequency buildup and it could also kind of sound lost in the mix. So let me just play this section without the sauce plugin and then play it with it on and I'll show you guys what I did. Now with the sauce. Now you can hear that it really pops out there. So let's check out what I did. Now what's really cool about this is all I did was just play around with the pitch tool. And I've added a whole high octave to the harmony vocals. And then I've adjusted the format to kind of make it sound as natural as possible. But then the mix knob really allowed me to adjust between the dry and the wet signal. So if you hear it in solo, it actually adds another octave above what the mid harmony is doing. And that allows you to really bring out these harmonies and not get really lost with the lead vocals. So once again, I will play this without and with the sauce. Now with it. As you can see, there's so many ways you can use the sauce to play around with anything from recording to mixing, even mastering. The possibilities are endless. So be sure to check it out. It is one of my favorite channel strips that I like to use. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed the circuit board segment. Let's jump right in. Starting from our right, we have the legendary composer, award-winning producer, and member of one of the biggest groups in Korea known as Solid. Let's welcome the man who helped pave the way for K-pop today, Jay Chong. Yay! Thank you, guys. 
Next, we have a multi-platinum producer and songwriter for artists like GOT7, Shiny, Itzy, Susie, B2B, Stray Kids, Marcus and Martinez, and many other singles and albums that went number one, including winning the Mama Song of the Year Award for Signal by Twice. He is the founder of Kairos Music Group and also the CEO of the worldwide publishing group, Decade Plus Music. Please welcome Kairos, everybody. And I am KO, uh, apparently I'm quote unquote an ultra platinum producer, chief audio engineer, and director of A&R at Decade Plus Music Publishing. Thank you, thank you. Our guest today has close to 17 million views on their channel and is one of the fastest growing content in popularity and demand. This power couple has stand K-pop since the 90s and they have one of the most entertaining reaction videos out there. From unboxing albums to connecting with their community, the fun gets crazy. Please welcome our good friends, Andrew and Jasmine, yeah. also known as It's Andy and Jazz. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So tell us, how did this all start? Everyone in music started as fans and was inspired by someone or something. What was the beginning for you guys that brought you guys here today? The beginning of our channel. Uh, the beginning of our channel, when we started, it was more, it wasn't, so we started during quarantine, during peak of COVID, and then we put up a reaction video, and our first reaction video was in Hypens Give and Taken, and then we wanted to use the platform to get to know the fourth gen groups, because we kind of were trying to learn more about the fourth gen groups, and we thought maybe we can make a community, build a community where we can connect with fans and kind of make a channel where everybody could just kind of come to our channel to just kind of nerd out and just get just get excited together. And to elaborate, <laughs> um, we so it was like he said, it was COVID and um, it was a very hard time for us because it was like our life was pretty much like on stop, which I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to. Um, so we always wanted to do YouTube together, but never got the chance because we were either working or, you know, life got in the way. But this time we were just like, you know what, instead of just sitting, doing nothing, moping, being sad over this, you know, we should finally start our YouTube channel, um, you know, do some fun things, but also hope that we can bring our knowledge of K-pop into the world, you know, especially we didn't know a lot of fourth gen groups because we kind of stopped during the third gen. We we're kind of standing only the third gen, second, first. And then we we're like, you know, we should really get into fourth gen and also help new K-pop lovers know how K-pop was formed and, you know, where it came from, knowing them the first gen, second gen, you know, things like that. So that's how it started. That's cool. And when we talk about bridging cultures and overcoming barriers, how much do Korean Americans impact a movement like K-pop? What does K-pop mean to you? Uh, for me, I think it means a lot. Um, K-pop is basically, yeah, I just I was born into K-pop. Um, I grew up with it, so I feel like it's weird to not have K-pop in my life, especially because it got me through a lot of things, especially the groups that I love. You know, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, it's just... it all my sad times, all the times that I went through a lot of things, I kind of went back to K-pop. You know what I mean? Like, they're the ones that helped me get through my hard times. So I feel like it means a lot to me, specific groups. And, um, sorry, I'm kind of nervous. 
<laughs> it's my first time. I'm like so nervous. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. Um, but yeah. Okay. As for, yeah. So um, as for Korean Americans trying to impact K-pop, I think as bilinguals, we do something on our channel called deconstructing lyrics. And I feel like, of course, listening to music for what it is, is also fun and exciting, but like you find a different type of fun from actually dissecting the lyrics. Because, especially because we want to be able to, because you know in Korean language, there are certain words where there just isn't a specific word in English that we can explain. So we try to explain that in our, on our channel and try to maybe help some people out there to understand the song better. Yeah. I, I, I got a word in Korean that I can't find the English translation for. It's kosohe. Kosohe. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, like, like when, like you, when eat. you eat something, it's kosohe. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. what, what is, how do you say that in English? Is that like nutty? toasty, but... Um... But you can also say that when like, you know, huh? oh. sweet satisfaction. That's like talkome. Talkome, true. You know, so, so it can be also used as like, 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 let's say someone you want to get hurt gets hurt, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you could, yeah. There's multiple applications for it, but you know, like, like, like sesame seed, right? When you eat sesame seed with something, you're like, ah, oh, it's kosoe. How do you, how do you, you know, this is actually perfect. This is kind of why we also started our channel and doing more deconstructing <laughs> and lyrics because of things like this. Yeah. Because there's a lot of words that. Um, you can't explain in English. So right. we try to help our fellow fans know the lyrics that these artists are trying to say because I feel like it's very important. That's why these artists wrote the lyrics. And it's so much fun when you get to finally know what they're trying to say. So for us, we try our best to kind of, like for example, like Kozo, it's like, um, <laughs> we're like, you could tell we're struggling. We're like, how would you say this? It's like toasty, but it's like, that's not how you say it. But we try our best to like help them kind of figure out what this word or the phrase actually means. So. Actually, it's kind of good that you brought that up, too. <laughs> Did you guys also uh, go through the struggle of um, trying to fix the TV antenna to watch your favorite Korean uh, music TV program or having to drive out to go to a specialty store to pick up music and stuff as well, too? Back in the days, maybe not so much with cable, but back in the days, we used to rent like VHS videos like mm -hmm. every week. So at that time, I think it was called Kayo Top 10. So I remember I always look forward to my parents going to the video store and renting the new. They're yeah. still there, Inkigayo and stuff. Yeah, like in the 90s. Yeah, back from what I can think of, like back then. Yeah. Like, like when Pang Nam Jung, who, whose daughter is in Stacy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's great. The, evo the evolution, where it came from, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, as mentioned before, we love your reaction videos. We all know that K-pop fans react to not only just the music video and aesthetics, but the song, fashion, choreography, distribution of lines, uh, comeback concept, etc. What makes reacting to K-pop different than other music genres? I have a lot to say with that one, too. Um, <laughs> I love storylines. So back in the days, um, there wasn't much like that. But these days, I feel like you can interact with your favorite groups more because they have these concepts and these storylines and it makes you it makes it fun especially with other fellow fans you start talking about theories and you know even if you're right or wrong it's still fun because you get to talk together and you go oh my god this story you know in for example like in Hypen they're vampires 
I love that. And then, um, you know, they have this whole story, even like 80s has their, their pirates, like, you know, and then like you can dress up like them too. I'm sure <laughs> Jay's thinking, I've never had this before. I don't know what she's talking about. Because back then, there was nothing like that. It was like, it's just music and, you know, music videos. But now it's like, you have this whole land. Concept. It's crazy. It's the most, it's the best thing. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, clear pants. Oh, GYP. Yeah. I don't know why he did that, to be honest. But when Hyunjin, when Hyunjin wore it, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. He pulled it off, but GYP, I don't know. I'm wearing one right now, actually, right here. My clear pants. But I'm sorry, can we, can you repeat the question one more time? Yeah, sure. What makes K-pop uh, so different from other music genres? Because when you guys actually react to the music, it's not only just the video and the aesthetics, but the fashion, choreography, distribution of lines, and comeback concept, etc. I think the comeback concept is what makes it really cool. Because I feel like every time they come back with something new, it's different. Like you can look forward to something different. And not just that, but even the style of music, they'll try to de- dive into something else and it's something to look forward to as a fan. So in those ways, I think it's interesting. Like we look forward to comebacks. Yeah. And how often they come back too. I love that. I'll, I'll just add to that too. Cause I think with K-pop, what's really cool is like, it, it includes everybody, you know, it's, um, it allows us to get involved in many different ways, like you know, reaction videos or just even as a, uh, someone that you know, wants to be part of the, the fan club. And just kind of going back a little bit, um, for me personally, the, the thing that's so special about K-pop, like I, you know, I grew up watching uh, K-pop through these like, you know, staticky channels when um, they had like one Korean channel in Chicago growing up, you know, and it, it would come on like past nine p- or eight, nine p.m. Um, and what I would do is I would actually take my tape recorder and, and try to press it against the TV and record uh, K-pop as it was coming out. And it would be once a week. And you know, if, if like my dad coughed or something, it would just ruin the recording. And I would wait another week, you know, and be like, oh, you know, I have to wait another week to get a clean recording. Um, what's really cool is like, you know, I would watch uh, guys like Jay, you know, on stage. And um, it was just such an, um, it was such an inspiration because uh, for K-pop, like, I think many of us, just like all of us here, you know, the thing that we can connect with is that, you know, we don't necessarily come from Korea, or maybe some of us do, but the fact that music can bring us, you know, into so many different cultures, and we can just band together in, you know, this this thing called K-pop, but, you know, there's so much more to it, just like uh, we mentioned before. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's an opportunity for us to, you know, enjoy the art, but also be part of the art as well. Yeah, and I think... Uh this is my first time at KCON. Uh, and one thing that was surprising to me was just the diversity of the people that are here. Um, and I think K-pop is a testament to that. Um, it brought like so many genres and so many different people from all dif- you know, different walks of life um, into the same common sort of interest, right? And I think that's something that's very positive. And uh, I think moving forward, I think, um, you know, K-pop is one of those things that are just, um, kind of promoting positivity and inclusiveness and, and uh, you know, overall creativity, you know, with the videos. And uh, one of the interesting things is, you know, for the past, I would say, like 10, 10 plus years, uh, I always felt like in the U.S., like the music industry was sort of downsizing, like, you know. Uh, and in the meantime, Korea was like 
doubling down on it, <laughs> right? Tripling down on it. So, you know, you see all these awesome music videos that people could be excited about, you know, with the reaction videos and all this stuff. And I just think it's, it's just so awesome. Um, and, you know, back in the nineties was when I was in the group solid and, you know, had I known it would be like this in 2022, uh, you know, uh, it would just been mind blowing. Um, and, uh, today is the first time I'm actually witnessing it, uh, in real life. So it's pretty awesome. Well said, guys. Um, now, have you ever reacted to something where you got carried away but forgot that you're recording? All the time. <laughs> All the time. The funny thing about that is um, it's funny because there's just a camera in front of you, but then you feel like you're watching it with all your subscribers. It's like a weird feeling. So even though we're just in our room together and there's a camera, our imagination feels like we're with everybody. So that's why I think I catch myself saying like, oh my God, you guys, watch this. Like, oh, you guys, because I feel like they're there. You know what I mean? It's so, yeah, it's like, it's like a weird feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then when you look at it, you're just by yourself in your room. But at, at that moment when you're watching it, you feel like you're watching it with like all the fans. You know what I mean? All the whatever fandom you're watching at the time. Yeah. I, I saw the yeah. um, video with you guys reacting to Big Bang comeback. And it was like, I could, I could feel the emotion, you know, like yeah. it was, it was uh, pretty powerful. <laughs> I mean, I know. I, I, I cried. <laughs> but because uh, Big Bang was such a big part of our life growing up. <laughs> and then finding out that they were coming back and you would think, you know, Big Bang always came back with like a banger. But then to come back with a song like that, like, yeah. And then there's some times where we would be reacting and then, you know, your body just kind of reacts. Just, and then I forget that I'm on camera. And then we would just stop and we would just laugh and be like, we just did that. Are we going to keep that or? <laughs> <laughs> when he, especially when he does his twerking, I'm like, yo. And that's why when there's it like the, the thief happens. happens, it's like, dude, did you really just do that? <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's an interesting one. If we had reaction videos in the 90s, which group of artists would you guys want to react to? Oh, we actually did some throwbacks, like H.O.T., um, SES. Um, who else did we do? Someone else? Um, Fight to the Sky is more 2000. Yeah, but we did do some, but definitely the ones we didn't do yet, we wanted to do, like, uh, at least for me, like Finkel, Baby Vox. Um, you probably want Jet, Jess Kiss. Yeah, Jackie. Mm -hmm. I would I would have wanted to maybe in the nineties Kim Gummo. Uh, and solid. Solid. <laughs> solid. R because R and B wasn't like in the nineties. I remember when I listened to Solid. Like R and B. When I think about it now, it's like you guys are the ones that I, that made R and B really cool in Korea. Yeah. You know, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah. There's so many. There's so many we would react to. Yeah. Wait, I just have a question. So is it true that fans would try to steal? Because in the group Solid, there was a member with a, a cane. Is it true that fans would try to steal that cane? Oh, I think it's been stolen a few times. A few times? Wow. Uh, you know, uh, I, think, I, I, think, I remember uh, we were sitting in a van uh, in, a, in front of a place like this. You know, uh, We had a show, and we're just waiting for, you know, call time and then um all of a sudden our back door of our van opened just boom open and we're like and these girls just took everything from the back like we had our wardrobe the cane everything there and wow. it was 
all gone. They just ran off with it. And we're like, okay, now we got nothing to wear for the show. Right? Wow. I really yeah, like that story where you talked about what these days K-pop groups have the little, you know, oh, yeah. introducing. Yeah, yeah so, so um, in 2015, uh, I produced this group called Royal Pirates. And then, so they had a TV show. Um, so I haven't, I haven't been to a TV show, like TV station in a long time. And, uh, like, I, you know, I was in the dressing room and, you know, everybody's like, like, inside, like, like the whole group would show up, like 15 of them. And, and they're like, we are so-and-so, you know, and they, you know, they, they, they get the, the motion and they would bow and do this. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. Nice to meet you. you know, da, da, da. And then I was in the restroom, you know, doing my thing. And then all of a sudden one of those groups came into the restroom and then they're like, we are so-and-so. And then there's this dance routine and they're bowing. And I was like. All right, guys. Uh, they never had that yeah. back then. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we're so and so. Like I, I can't shake your hands right now, but yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was kind of a new thing. It's like a difference too from now and then. Then was just like, hi. Yeah. We're solid, right? That was just. Yeah. I mean, you know, back. Then, I think. Um, I mean, some people did get like like scolded by you know the older singers if they didn't greet people. You know, they would come in and there's like. And they're like, hey, you know, yeah, and then, you know, I've seen some of that stuff go down in the back in the backstage a few times, but uh, now it's just like it's like routine, you know, it's like a routine. Like everybody would show up and we are, you know, up tension, whatever, you know, and it's just like, you know, doing this, and we're like, oh, you know, cool, very cool. <laughs> it's like an army, you know. <laughs> so we talk a lot about the K-pop soul element on this show. The soul or bong seems to get lost in our attempt to cross over it uh, sometimes. When songs all have references outside of Korea now, how do you guys react when you hear or feel something that sounds familiar to something you grew up listening to? Definitely, it got, there is a lot more Western um, feel to it. I feel like back then, there, is, well, there wasn't a lot of um, more Western writers back then in K-pop. But um, now that there is like more broader um, people, I feel like definitely the music changed. There are still like that, I, tr I think some groups still bring that whole um, 90s, especially these days, because 90s is in now, they try to bring that whole 90s K-pop feel back in. But um, yeah, the evolution has changed. It's crazy these days. And then, no, yeah, no, really, like, I think the perfect example is like, you know, Blackpink just came out with their song Pink Venom. And then in there, there's a rap part and the beat changes, but then the beat is like, much more 90s like there's like a reference it, it like it sounds like to me like nwa material like or uh like chinushan's gasoline like you know has that you know like is that like the synth sound like and then yeah like when i hear stuff like that it's just nostalgia of what i used to feel back then how i felt when i first listened to chinushan or you know tasha like you meet at uptown yeah that's cool I still think ballads hit home for me. <laughs> no, for sure, ballads. ballads. That's yeah. the karaoke that's, that's, must. That's, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> now, on your channel, you guys claim you guys aren't musicians or lyricists or anything, but we all know that you guys have some talent. Uh, I've worked with Andrew on some demos, and this guy can sing. Um, if you guys ever wanted to get into songwriting or producing, <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys like to create for the market moving forward? And what would be the best reaction that uh, It's Andy and Jazz can give from your reaction videos? Wow, that's a tough question. If I were to create music. Oh, my God. 
And we're gonna do a reaction video to your music. Yeah, we're gonna judge. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. We're, we're so Andy hard. and Jess. I think oh. okay. Just be, maybe just because this is a trend right now. Maybe I'll do some like change ups in the song because I love the change ups. These oh yeah that that's one thing from the last question. There's a lot of change ups in songs, so I feel like it gets it's very interesting because it's less boring too sometimes. I'm not saying the songs back in the day were boring, but it definitely has a lot of that feel where I'm like. You feel like you're listening to something, and then you're like, wait, wait, what's going on here? And it changes, and again, it changes again, and you're like, Ooh. you know, it's just a lot, but in a good way. Yeah, but um, what was the question? <laughs> wait, I get carried away. I get carried away. Um, um, what was the question? If you did your own music. Oh, my own music. Yes, yes. So I'll do a lot of change-ups. Um, I, probably hip-hop. Hip-hop, that's like my thing. Yeah. Oh, rock too. For me, I think... Before, so rap is one of the most, like, it's like the main thing that I listen to. But then before rap, my first love was like R&B. So if I were to want to create music, I would want to create music that people can relate to. Like, like Andy's song is the song that I want to listen to right now. It's the first song that, that, that comes to mind, whatever they're going through. I think that's the type of music that I would want to make. I would, and as for a reaction, I would I would want to make you guys cry, <laughs> like in That's a good way or a bad way. Goal. It's to make you guys cry, cry. from joy or cry from both. <laughs> I can see myself like about to cry, but with all those changes, it's gonna like be like oh, abruptly stop. That's yeah. that. That's mine. Would be more yeah. hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just when the we're whole package. Just when we're about to cry, you're gonna break into a dance routine, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 hip hop, yeah. hip hop breakdown. Yeah. The teardrop becomes part of the percussion. <laughs> just. Well, I thought that was an interesting question because, you know, for for me personally, like when I was studying a lot of the music that was out there, I actually connected with a lot of the mix engineers um, out here in L.A. Uh, just to kind of see, you know, like what kind of stuff that they're, they're working with since, you know, the stuff that they're working with essentially will be out uh, on, you know, in the radios from like three to six months. So just kind of thinking ahead, you know, it was really... Um, it just impactful in that way just to learn from them and just seeing, you know, how they view music. And for you guys from the reaction videos, uh, obviously you guys see a lot of the, the songs that are coming out um, and maybe can kind of tell, you know, where it's all going, you know, and no one could really guess where music is going. But um, just from your, your standpoint, I think it's, it's interesting to see uh, the perspective, you know, and just uh, how music is being developed. Uh, do you guys have any questions for creators behind the music that you guys react to? That we react. Lyrics. Lyrics. What they think about when they're writing these lyrics because it's like crazy sometimes. And then to see like, maybe, you know how sometimes like when music is, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know because I'm not pro or anything, but you know, like I feel like sometimes maybe the original, whatever came out is actually not what it was when it first started. And I want to know how it got to that. You know, like that creative process behind the scenes of how, why they chose certain beats or why they chose certain melodies. I think those would be, and the lyric, lyrics too. Like what they were thinking of, like what made you want to use specifically these words or why you wanted to put these two words together, if that makes sense. Yeah, those would be the questions that we would want to ask. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer. My guess, or, or you know, what's funny is uh, when we make songs, like for example, like we don't have the lyrics, right? So when people top line or whatever, a lot of times we just come up with gibberish, like something that's you know, if we're writing songs for Japan, it would sound like Japanese, but it's not really Japanese, you know, like I do it, you know, whatever. And then uh, if, 
when we do it for English songs, we do the same. Um, so like we're singing gibberish that sounds like English. And sometimes we say things that sound like English and they're like, oh, that's kind of hooky. Right. And, and we would use that. Like, you know, if it's like, you know, like, like, not like daylight, daylight, you know, and go, oh, sounds like daylight. Yeah. In fact, one of my songs is called Daylight for that reason. Because, uh, you know, when you sing this melody, guys, we end up with these words that sound like English and then, and then they turn into lyrics. Yeah, so that's one of the uh, ways. <laughs> I think there was an interesting that you brought up about concepts too. I think that is something that we think about as well too. I think that's a huge importance of K-pop because not only is it a you know a musical thing, it's also very uh, visual thing as well too. So trying to inspire concepts for the labels as for as for as for the artist's next release is something that we definitely try to be creative about at least. Yeah, I love concepts and storylines because I think you can relate with the artists more through their story. Cause you know, normally you can already relate so much with their lyrics, but then I feel like these stories definitely bring us closer because you can definitely relate with whatever the story is. You can put your life into it as well, you know? And um, yeah, I'm just so proud of K-pop and like the way it's evolved throughout the years. Um, back in the days too, like it was sometimes embarrassing to say you like K-pop because of society. You know, they kind of made you feel like you have to be um, only a kid to like K-pop or, you know, there was points where it was like, people would be like, what are you listening to? You know? And I'll be like, um, K-pop, you know? And they'll be like, what's K-pop? I'm like, Korean music. And it's to the point where they're like, what's Korean? You know what I mean? Like they didn't even know Korea back then. So it's like to, from that to now where it's like K-pop is huge. I'm like so happy, so proud, you know? And like, I can't wait for it to continue to get bigger. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> I have, a, I have a quick story with, um, I guess, titles and, I guess, lyrics, too. Um, so for the song Yes, No, Maybe uh, with Suzy, I, I had a um, like some ideas sent to me from J.Y. Park. And it was like, it was just, you know, bare bones, just really like just simplified um, ideas. And um, at the time, I, when I looked at the demo, it said, yes, no. So then I put my ideas in and I sent it back with yes, no, maybe question mark. Um, just to, just to be funny, you know? And, um, and they said, and then when the song came out, they literally said, yes, no, maybe. So I was like, so shocked. I'm like, Oh, you know, so sometimes there's no like real, like deep meaning behind it, you know? And I, I was just trying to be playful. And, um, and there was another song. I think I, 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 I was running out of like, I just needed to submit something quick and, uh, we didn't have a title for it. So I just said, uh, uh huh. I just said, aha, uh -huh, you know, like I just made a sound. And then the song came out, aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and I was like, whoa, I got to be more careful, you know, and put more thought into this because people are really rolling with these titles, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, when it gets translated to Korean uh, from the demo, um, you would expect something, maybe a different concept or maybe a different story behind it. But sometimes they'll just kind of roll with the ideas that you have. So. You know, we try to create as much of the imagination done for the labels as well as for the artists, but sometimes it could get pretty funky. <laughs> so sometimes when I write music, I want to make sure it's expressed in the way that it, it, the song should be delivered. So, you know, I, I would, you know, sometimes it's um, more edgy. It's there's like curse words and, you know, it's, it's probably not the kid friendly content, you know. Um, and then I found out that some labels like really dislike that. And I, I didn't know that, you know, so I, so then I would have to kind of clean up my, you know, lyrics, you know, and, and whatnot, but it's, it's kind of, um, interesting because, you know, we want to have the freedom to kind of express the way. So I don't actually compromise on that. I still su submit everything, you know, 
with all the words and whatever content that is. But, um, but yeah, it's, there, there's some, there's guidelines, you know, or, or you know, boundaries, I guess. Now, in terms of your uh, creative process, when you guys are planning for these videos, is it specifically just waiting for the, the, the music to launch and try to record it right away? Or do you kind of plan things out or try to have a different approach to it for? Um, well, we just go within our schedule. So if we're busy that day, then unfortunately we can't. Because of course, you know, people want to watch our reaction probably as soon as it comes out too, so we can watch it together. But we always tell them, you know, like, sorry if we can't because today or tomorrow we're busy, so we'll come with it like whenever we're free, you know? So we try our best to get to it as soon as we can, but there's not always we can't do that because we have our other stuff that we do too, but... Yeah, so it, that's the hard part too, us holding off on watching something when we want to watch it like right then and there. But it's like we want to watch it together too. So it's like there are some that we actually couldn't watch together because sometimes we just can't hold back. So we just end up watching and we're like, sorry guys, you know? I think there was one, I think there was one that we just watched again with them. And then because it was like, you know, we're like, okay, we'll just watch it again with you guys, you know? But other than that, yeah, we try to hold off as long as we can. And then if we can't, then it's like, sorry, we watched it. <laughs> yeah. As far as the creative, there, I feel like there's no plan. We just, we just do it. Yeah. We'll just turn it on and we'll just be like, we're doing this today and then record. Yeah, that's pretty much it. What is a, what would be probably the most challenging process for you guys? Um, probably the editing which we love editing, but, um, you know, we like to put, we don't want to just put our reaction and the video on. We like to be more interactive with our fellow subscribers. So we like to make it like very entertaining. And then especially like, for example, like deconstructing, um, when Andy deconstructs, it takes a lot of time to edit. So sometimes like even a 30 minute video takes us like seven hours to edit. So that's challenging, but at the same time, we love doing it. So it's not a bad challenging. It's more like a, all right, you know, it takes time. Yeah. And just making sure when I'm, I am deconstructing the lyrics that I'm not like butchering the lyrics. I'm making sure that oh, the information that I'm putting out there is like helpful and is to the best of my ability, correct. Yeah. I think that's the most challenging part for us. Yeah, we usually spend some quite a few time actually going back with the post-production process as well, too. So that's, that's something that's very relatable. <laughs> no, we go off. We, we don't have any scripts either. We just record and uh, see what happens kind of thing. Yeah, and, no and, we have, and we have guests and we just, right? I guess, we, yeah, we react to our guests. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I, guess, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's definitely something that you just kind of have to do, right? Because you want to capture the moment, uh, especially being able to listen to the song for the first time. So I think that's definitely cool. I think that's something that we kind of share with what we do as well, especially when we listen to music or get presented a project, kind of have to think on the spot and definitely react to it in a certain way as well, too. So Have you guys, like, done a reaction to a video and then, like, forget to record it and then and then recreate that reaction again? No. no. We've never no. forgotten. Right. But there were, of course, um, stuff that, which our subscribers know, there's, a, there's music videos or songs that we might possibly not have, like, it's not our taste. Mm. So we just don't upload it at all because we'd rather just not say anything negative because there's people like you guys who work uh. really hard on songwriting and the artists themselves yeah. too. <laughs> Wait, you know, no, it's true though. Why? 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 <laughs> What's so funny? No, but it's true. <laughs> it's true though. Like, um, we personally feel like 
you know, there's no need to like upload a video that you just personally didn't like the song or whatever and just say what you want to say because especially his sister is a songwriter as well. So like I see the hard work she puts in like night and day, you know? So it's like for us, we're like, what's the point of us stating our opinion about something when we just, there's no need. We, we don't have a right to state our opinion like public yet, publicly at least, you know what I mean? So there's times where we watch something and we're like, you know what, this was cool, but it's not our taste, so we just don't upload it. I'm gonna it. ask you what those songs are. No. After, after, after this, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you in the green room. Yeah. Yes. But not just that, but it's like also I wouldn't. It's like why come out and say it? Because in the end, there just as much as there are people who might it might have not been to our taste, but then there are people out there where they do and did enjoy it. You know, so there would be no reason for us to come out and then start saying what we didn't like about it and kind of ruin the fun for them. You know, it's like, we don't like it when people do that for yeah. us. So <laughs> exactly. We, yeah. So it's just like, okay, you have, you know, you have your opinions, but just, we'd rather not say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On our end, we tend to, or actually this happened a lot between me and Kairos, especially when we first met, uh, he would have some ideas and I would press, forget to press the record button or something and be like, oh shoot, that was such a brilliant idea. And there's something where, you know, there's that moment where if we have to recreate it, it doesn't feel the same too. So uh, good practice for all of you guys. If you guys are in this industry, make sure you record everything. Or I, I just like mess with, you know, artists sometimes and they'll do an incredible take. I like react to them. I'm like, all right, let's do the real take now. And they're like, oh, you didn't record? I'm like, no, <laughs> that was awesome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, do you guys have anything that you guys would like to plug, uh, including your social media handles and any upcoming plans? I don't think we have any upcoming plans. Even just hang out, just hang out literally at our channel, at It's Andy and Jazz. It's just have fun, you know, and get crazy and just get excited together. I think that's the biggest part for us on our channel is to come to our channel and just be you. And then just get excited with us, no matter how it may be, you know? I think main thing we want to let our subscribers know is that, like, we are also just just like you guys, you know, fans of K-pop. Like, we, we're not professional reviewers, uh, like, you know, musicians, so- singers, dancers. We might know because we enjoy it. We are not. Like, yeah, at all. Maybe Andy, he can do a dance break right here. But, um, yeah, like, we... We might know, or it might seem like we know what we're talking about, but really we don't. We just watch what we see, whatever we like, we just say it. And um, yeah, what we feel. feel. So by all means, we are not professionals of anything. We just, fans just like you, just jibber jabbing away, you know, and twerking sometimes. That's the most accurate assessment of a song is your actual real reaction. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, even even when companies do market research, you know, they want to see what the consumers think, right? Because uh, musicians, we have like a different set of ears when we listen to overanalyze, overthink things, right? So like, uh, it, so that's why I started watching a lot of reaction videos because I want to see like where people like like or, or what part of the song they like. Right. So it's very important. Yeah. From a creator's end too, it's, it's amazing seeing some like feedback that is like recorded and seeing people's live reaction as well too. So we really dig your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to add too, like I said this before, but I feel like K-pop is not just like a Korean thing or 
uh, Asian thing. It's really become this thing where we can all get involved and you know and participate and be just a part of the growth, you know. And so this movement, like I, you know, I've been going to KCon for some time now, and I remember um, one of the first KCons I was at, you know. Um, I asked the room, I said, you know, who's a uh, Korean here? And, you know, or, and there was just a few hands up. I said, wait, who's Asian here? You know, there was only like 10 people with their hands up. And I said, this, that's so beautiful, you know, because we get to really just take this and create this together and enjoy just every aspect of K-pop and, you know, whether that be the choreography, food, you know, fashion, uh, reaction videos, um, dramas, you know, there's just so many things that we can just be a part of. And um, I, I see just how impactful and, and how much we get to influence the culture together. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. We have another panel right after this. So if you guys want to continue the party, I'm sure most of us here will, will go to that too. So. Yeah, it will be in uh, panel two, I believe, at 1215. Plug. Um, uh, my social handles are I am Jay Chong. That's it. It's only I plug. I have a question for Jay. Um, what's the craziest um, difference from back then K-pop for you personally and now that you see it? Oh. Is it like the... Uh, like the I mean, huh? The clothing? <laughs> <laughs> the makeup. The makeup? Uh... Uh, I think, I mean, it's just the scale of it, obviously, right? So, so you know, the funny thing is kind of uh, the biggest thing that changes, like, album sales, right? So, like, in the 90s, we were selling, like, millions of albums. Yeah. Uh, of course, CDs in general have the only declined. way to listen to it, yeah. Yeah, but, but if you look at the business side of it, um, I remember, like, even when we were selling millions of albums in Korea, at our office, we had one girl answering the phone. We had the boss sitting in the desk back there. And that was it. And if anybody called and said hello, like our receptionist would immediately hang up. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, so, you know, seeing, seeing that go to this international thing now, which is like, you know, worldwide, right? So it's something that I think Korea has always been working for, uh, for decades. And uh, one of the reasons is because the domestic market is not that big. So it's almost out of necessity that we had to export. Right. So, um, but now we're actually success, uh, successfully doing it right globally. So that's a, that's a really, really big thing. And the biggest difference I think is that it's international, right? Like look at the crowd, you know, it's very diverse and yeah. So it's, it's great. Well, I feel like this is an incredible episode. Hopefully we can do this again. And maybe next time we can react to this video while eating Korean barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think as Carlos kind of said it, I think it's great to see all of you guys here. We can see how this genre of music or K-pop in general has just really reunited us and being able to speak on so many different things and connect with, uh, connect with each other in so many different ways too. So hope you guys enjoyed the showing. Uh, we're going to announce a giveaway as well too. But um, yeah, I guess for, just for the YouTubes, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Woo!